What up, world? It's your Passports Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listens. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking free agent business. Matisse Thibel likely coming back. Who isn't coming with him? Plus, I'll tell you my favorite targets for the Blazers in using their mid-level exception when free agency opens up this weekend. And then we'll talk the Rip City Remix, baby. Blazers G League team is coming to North Portland, coming to a neighborhood near me. That's what we're going to do in today's show. We'll start with the news, though. Blazers got a little bit of news today. You are listening to Thursday, June 29th show. And on Wednesday, June 28th, the Blazers made the following announcement. They have extended a qualifying offer to Matisse Thibel, making him a restricted free agent. That means the Blazers will have an opportunity to match any offer that Matisse gets out there on the open market. And they have his bird rights, meaning they can go over the salary cap, which they're going to be, in order to retain him. So basically, if the Blazers want Matisse Thibel to return... He's going to return. I think you can pencil him into the roster next season. He's he's a coming back. Um, I think either direction they go. Um, you know, the, let's let's assume for the, like the purposes of today's show that they're going to go their stated direction, which is to build a fill in the blank around Damian Lillard, build a basketball team that includes Damian Lillard on the roster. Um, if Th- if that is the case, I think Thibault can be, and I've I've said this before, so my everydayers will know this, shout, shout out to those of you who listen to the show every day. And if you don't, think about it, because then you'd already have, you'd already know my thoughts on Matisse Thibault, but I'll share them with you here again. I think Thibault can be a low-minute starter, and I kind of like him in that role. Um, you know, I think he has some real offensive limitations. He shot it pretty well with the Blazers, but they don't. teams don't guard him from the three-point line. He's going to get a lot of open looks because he just um, teams aren't worried about him. His playmaking leaves a little bit to be desired. Like he just doesn't do a lot on offense. But he is a really interesting and intriguing defender. Um, he's a little weird. Like, he doesn't—he's he's, he's almost like Bates— uh, players to like trying to throw passes and um and and get by him so he can make steals really good playmaker on on defense as 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 a theft artist and as a shot blocker like he can he gets his hands in the passing lanes he gets his hand on shots he gets deflections like he's really really impactful on that end he's just not like your sort of traditional sit down in your stance lock him up type defense he's like a he's a true defensive playmaker um and and really and and a really solid defender and i think as a low minute starter type role Someone who plays like the first 10 minutes of each half and then if, if needed to can play more, but plays like in that 18 to 20 minute range each night. Um, I really like Matisse pretty much regardless of the direction they go. I think that helps protect them if they go, you know, instead of starting um, starting Shaden Sharp and maybe having like a, a some defensive issues, they could start Matisse Thibel, um And then and once, you know, once Thibel checks out and if he's only going to play 20 minutes, that leaves a full 28 for Shaden Sharp in in his spot. Plus, if he's going to play some other minutes, you can easily run Sharp's minutes up over 30, no problem. Like he's not going to eat it. That, that's a reasonable, not going to eat into him. And it kind of keeps Thibel with better offensive players, assuming it's Dame. Like I just like him. I like him in that low minute starter role. So when the Blazers sent this press release, they sent it um, via email and then they announced it on their website. So uh, I am lucky enough to get the email. Shout out to Sean Hyken. But what they didn't announce 
was that they also had extended a qualifying offer to uh, free agent Cam Reddish. If you listened to yesterday's show, um, you heard me say that I think Cam Reddish is going to make like somewhere around the league minimum, which meant extending him a qualifying offer was dicey because his his QO number, his qualifying offer number was over $7 million, I believe $7.7 million. Here's how qualifying offers work. You extend someone a qualifying offer, which is a one-year deal for a set amount of money based on how much money they made in the end of the rookie contract. So for Cam, his number set by the way the league works, 7.7. The Blazers, if they had extended him the contract and he signs it, he that is literally signing a one-year contract. And then what it allows you to do once you sign that qualifying offer is negotiate for a longer-term uh, deal after that. The danger, though, is that Cam Reddish isn't going to get anywhere near $7 million in the open market. And so when the Blazers try to say, hey, come on back, but like instead we're going to give you like $2 million a year for two years, so $4 million over two seasons, he's like, no, I just want twice as much money. Like I already have it in my back pocket and I can just prove it. And then if I have to go play on the minimum after that, at least I'm making $7 million bucks. Too dicey. Like that, the number was too high for him. So I don't think it's guaranteed that Reddish is gone, but by virtue of not signing the qual they and I guess technically they could they have till tomorrow to do it but when they announced Thibel and they didn't announce Cam Reddish writings on the wall like um it they would have done them both simultaneously there's no reason to do that out of order so that means that you know just they're just for the financial reasons and for like just sort of the obvious accounting this is the tea leaf stuff I'm a tea leaves guy for this I'm 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 showing you the tea leaves Clearly, Cam Reddish is is not going to become a restricted free agent. That means the Blazers could only bring him back on a minimum deal. Cam Reddish might play for the minimum like that. I I do not think that he has shown. You know, he's worth probably some team taking a flyer on, but I don't think he has. Um, he's likely to have like a really frothy market. He's just a guy who hasn't. Um, it hasn't worked for him so far in the league. I, he's got some tools, and he's still very young. And 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 I think I hope he goes to a young team where he can get a bunch of minutes and kind of figure it out. Um, if I was his people that's where i would be trying to get him to go um but i if the blazers you know it's if the blazers were to bring him back it now it would they would almost certainly be on a minimum contract because they're not going to spend their use their exceptions on signing cam reddish so that's probably all she wrote for reddish in portland a brief quarter of a season to end the year the other piece of news for the blazers is that tomorrow is the guarantee date on kevin knox's three million bucks um, $3 million salary for next season. would They have to decide whether they're going to guarantee that or waive him. Um, I don't know that Knox would make $3 million in the open market, so I don't know that the Blazers will do it. One of the reasons you might do it is because he becomes tradable. You could you could keep that $3 million bucks. I think another thing to look out for, and by the time this podcast, I'm recording on the evening of the 28th, by the time you listen to this, it might, might have already happened. If the Blazers bump back Kevin Knox's guarantee date, which is the 29th to later in July, that is a classic like, hey, maybe a trade will happen and we'll find a place for you to go, guarantee your salary, trade you, you get to, you know, you get your money and you just have to go somewhere else to collect it. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think like that Kevin Knox would get much more than that 3 million bucks. So that's probably, probably an overpay. And I don't think the Blazers will pick it up. But, um, yeah, I think other people, I'm not a big Kevin Knox, much of a believer, but I think some of my friends who I trust their basketball instincts are much more of a Kevin Knox believer than I am. So plenty of smart people are probably higher on him than me. Uh, but I think 
this is kind of what it's going to be. Matisse Thibel back in the mix. Cam Reddish and Kevin Knox not in the mix. Not surprised. Knox, even when he came here at the end of the year, didn't wasn't really part of the plan, didn't really play. He played when, in like the super tanking time. And Reddish got a bunch of opportunity, looked good early on, looks like, oh yeah, this dude could be a bench player, like a, you know, play 15, 17 minutes a game. He's kind of showing the tools. And then he just, it just really, he struggled in the back half of, um, the back half of his run with the Blazers last year. And I think they've made a decision that certainly the qualifying offers too much, but probably made the decision to move on from him anyways. Okay. In the second segment, the Blazers are going to be an over the cap team, which means they have a variety of tools, which I talked about in yesterday's show. If you want to go back and listen to that in ways that they can sign free agents without cap space. One of those ways is the mid-level exception, which is a, a contract up to $12.4 million. It can be, that's your starting base pay for year one. It's four years beyond that. It's like four for 50 if you want to use the whole dang thing. Uh, but it is, there are some some names that I think you should know that I like, and maybe the Blazers would consider some targets with that mid-level money. That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But first, prize picks, y'all. Staley Fantasy made easy. I play prize picks on the app, uh, but you can play it on your phone. You can play it on the web at prizepicks.com. But, uh, you know, you got you might be listening to this very podcast on your phone. So just, you know, download the prize picks app, and here's how it works. You pick two and between two and six players on every entry, and if they go above or below the projection set by prize picks, you can win some money. If you go six for six on your projections or on your picks on your on your entry, 25 times your money. And you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available from prize picks. No sharks, no field, no nothing. So I play the NBA, so it's statistical things like points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, but they got every sport you're watching. So this summer, they got baseball, they got golf, they got soccer, they got the WNBA, they got even got esports, NASCAR, tennis, Whatever you're looking for, boxing, you're going to find it. So go download Prize Picks today. And if you're a first time user, head on over to prizepicks.com or download the app and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. And you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code locked on. So you deposit $100, giving you $100. You deposit $50, they're giving you $50. Simple as that. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. All right, let's talk mid-level exception targets. So the Blazers are, uh, again, the sort of premise of this particular episode is we assume the Blazers are going to do what they keep saying they want to do, which is build a winner around Dame. One of the reasons, one of the ways they're going to have to build a winner around Dame is be creative with limited resources in free agency. Really, if they're going to get good, they're going to get good on the trade market. And tomorrow's show, we will talk trades. Uh, more on that in a moment. But it, for today's show, let's talk mid-level exception targets. These are guys um, who are, I think, would be useful for them to target with that mid-level money. Um, an important sort of like thing here to get into the weeds. I do think one of the problems with the NBA is that you kind of need a law degree to figure out how the summer transaction game works. It'd be it'd be simpler if it was simpler. It'd be easier if it was simpler. It'd be simpler if it was simpler. I really do mean that. That's why I said it that way. Like it just it it's it's confusing and sort of needlessly confusing. But if the Blazers were to use more than $5 million of the MLE, it would trigger a hard cap, which means it would be trigger a, a, a line of $172 million in total salary that they couldn't go over for any reason during the, during the season. A lot of teams try to avoid the hard cap. The Blazers triggered it last year with Gary Payton when they signed him to the contract. Um, the $5 million line is the taxpayer mid-level exception. If you go over the taxpayer mid-level exception, blah, 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 blah. 
if they use this if they use this exception it makes it puts some restraints on things they are going to do or able to do in the future order of operations matters like you got to you know when i talk about signing and this and this like you kind of you got to plan out your moves make your agreements that's why they have a moratorium period where you're making your agreements before you actually put down pen to paper so it's like sign jeremy grant day 1 it's like really like get jeremy grant's agreement to sign a contract then fill out all fill fill out the rest of the boxes to make sure that you do things correctly i think the last thing you would do is sign jeremy grant because of the bird rights situation so like if you use the mmle the all of it it triggers a hard cap it changes what you can do so it, it, it puts restraints on what you can do. So you better like these gentlemen if you're going to do that. And you kind of better figure out what sort of big, big all-in trades you're going to make before you do the MLE stuff. Because if you make an if you make a signing and actually get pen on paper with a mid-level exception, then the opportunity to make a big swing in a trade is limited. So this isn't like this is like get an agreement in place. And then work on the other stuff. So, so when free agency opens on Friday at 3 p.m. out here in the in the Pacific Northwest, um, they should the Blazers should get agreements. And then when free agency truly begins, you can actually sign contracts on July 5th, July 4th, I believe. Excuse me. Um, then, then make sure you get your ducks in a row and you do them in order. The Blazers won't screw it up, but um, sometimes podcasters might. So, all of that preamble is to say. Here's some targets they should agree to deals with that we'll figure out the other steps. But if they do, there is a cost-benefit analysis of signing someone to a big contract. The number one target I have on my list for the Blazers with MLE money is Jalen McDaniels, most recently up Philadelphia 76ers, which traded from Charlotte to Philly at the deadline. It sounds like Philly from the way I am reading it uh, out there and listening to Locked on Sixers with Keith Pompey, who's also a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, where I read the, where I read the sort of situation is, is if Harden is back, the Phillies, Phillies roster is going to be so expensive that Jalen McDaniels is likely not going to be back in the fold. But if James Harden leaves, they'll have money to to deal with Jalen McDaniels. I think James Harden's going to be back. Sounds like sounds like the Houston thing's not going to happen. So that means McDaniels will likely be a unrestricted free agent, which means the Blazers should pounce. I like him. He's six nine, six ten. Um, you know, he's like a true, true sort of like forward in the league. And by that, I mean, he can guard threes, he can guard fours. But what I really like about him among all the guys in the list is that Jalen McDaniels can rebound. You know, he's, he's, he's big and he's long and he's, um, athletic in transition. He's a decent shooter, I believe 34 and some change percent, 34 and a half, according to my notes here. I can just look at my notes, um, 34 and a half for his career. Like he's a decent shooter. That's below league average last year, but like not awful. Um, last year he averaged 10.6 and 4.8, that's 10.6 points, 4.8 boards with Charlotte. Then he's playing like 28, 28 minutes a game. Then he went to Philly where he just had a much smaller role playing like 17 a game and he averaged 6.7 points and 3.2 rebounds. Like the, the sort of numbers in Philly suggest someone who came off the bench and played a limited role. Shot 45% from the floor on the year and 33.2% from three, slightly below his career average. It's kind of like, he's just like a, he's a below average three point shooter, but defensive versatility length and really he can rebound he can really rebound for his position the Blazers if they're going to move forward with Jeremy Grants at at one of the forward spots it's crucial that the other forward spot be a really good rebounder I think it's also crucial that the other forward spot be um have versatile enough defense so the ask for Jeremy Grant when it's like hey they got a really fast wing so you don't have to have Jeremy do that because like hey this dude goes through a million ball screens Grant is just like he's not he's not great at it like you can just watch him and then he struggles there when he's guarding in isolation against guys his size I think Jeremy Grant's a good defender. So put him in the more of those situations. And the Jalen McDaniels would Jalen McDaniels would allow 
the Blazers to do that. Is he worth 12 and a half million bucks a year? I don't know. Worth? I don't know. It, but if the, it, for me, of, of the sort of wingy forwards on the market, and that's who, in my opinion, the Blazers obviously should be targeting because they have a, they desperately need a, another starting forward in this roster. He's my favorite. The next guy on the list is someone who just, I'll be 100% clear with you, I don't even like this dude's game. It's Kelly Oubre. He averaged 20 points, 5.4 rebound shot, 43% from the floor, and 31.9% from three with Charlotte last year. Missed a ton of time with left hand surgery, had, had surgery on his left hand, missed a ton of time. If you're looking for what the Blazers need, which is like someone who could play both forward spots, who's a competent defender, Oubre's not like this elite defensive player. He's not like this like awesome scheme defender. He like with the Warriors, he looked fairly lost with their like flying around scheme. But like he's athletic and long enough that like put the ball in front of him, he can guard type of thing. I I, I thought I thought he was gonna be more helpful on the Warriors. Like I really soured him on soured on him on the Warriors, and then have been. I've kind of uh, have continued to sort of not care for the aesthetics of his game after that. He j- he can score, he can defend, he's big, um, he's he's not a great rebounder by any means, but he's he's like totally competent playing forward positions. He can start in the league and be fine. Um, like you could you could do a lot worse with mid level money. He just plays. He just plays kind of a low IQ brand of basketball. Feels like he makes a lot of mistakes. He averages one assist a game for his career. Um, he's someone who sees the rim and not a lot else. Like I said, like if he's the Blazers' starting small forward next year, he can do worse. There's a lot of worse options, like what they currently have right now. But like, and looking at the free agent market and looking at the wings and looking at guys who can, I who I would like defensive. I would like some versatility. Guys who are threes who can play up to four, which I think Ubre is. I think he can guard some, but not all twos, um, depending on sort of their general speed. Like he's he's like a multi-positional defender with with a bunch of offensive stuff. Um, not like a elite offensive game, but stuff. Got some offensive stuff. Like. He he's my personal aesthetics aside. Like I think he's a really reasonable and good target for the Blazers. Um, this is like in my personal bias, I'm not a Kelly Oubre guy, but in my like when I'm trying to do this exercise, I want to be honest. I think Kelly Oubre is a reasonable reasonable target. Jalen McDaniel's one, Kelly Oubre two. Massive drop off after that. Massive drop off. It's just not a great free agent class for what the Blazers need. They they need wings. I don't think you want to give mid level money to a big with still having um, Yusuf Nurkic on the roster. If you can trade Nurk, then you can th- talk about, hey, who we're going to pay on the center market. But even then, it's like after Brook Lopez, who's probably going to go for more than the mid-level, it gets dicier faster. Um, not, no, it's it's not ideal, but we'll talk about some some sort of more bargain uh, bargain options later in uh, on tomorrow's show, later in the week on tomorrow's show. But after that drop-off, Jalen McDaniels, slight drop-off. Kelly Oubre, massive drop-off. Then Torian Prince just got waived by, or his option wasn't picked up by, uh, by Minnesota. I think he's like a totally competent backup forward. I think he could... S- play some, you know, starter minutes and you'd be okay. Um, he's long. He's not a great rebounder, which is one of the reasons I don't love him. And, and I think, um, but but I think he's helpful. I think he's a decent defender. Um, I think he's like, he sort of fits the sort of three and D stuff that you'd, that you'd be looking for. If he's a little better rebounder, he would not be, he'd be like clearly number three, but instead he's in a group. After that, Tory Craig, um, good defender, plays hard, uh, has played on a bunch of winning teams, helps you win basketball games. Okay, catch and shoot shooter. Okay, like shooting on his numbers as a catch and shoot shooter, as a shooter on open jump shots, as a shooter on corner threes, pretty good. But he doesn't do a lot else on offense, and I think his defense has slipped 
uh, as he's gotten older, it's life. Um, total again, totally fine option, but like wouldn't be my first choice. Then I've got um, probably a slightly other gap, and then Max Struess, just not big enough. I I will say that I would not have had Max Struess on my list until I watched him guard Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, if he's gonna do that, and he guarded Tatum really well and really competitively, like one on one in space, physical, and got into Tatum. If he can guard like that during the regular season, he can help the Blazers. Um, he's just six five, um, and I, I think the Blazers got to prioritize length a little bit. And like I said. Part of this is just kind of looking for positional versatility because of the lack of of depth they have at three and four. I was you know hoping hoping to find folks who could play both three and four. McDaniel's Ubre Torian Prince definitely fit that. Tory Craig definitely fits that. Max Drews is a two three. He's like a two three. He's he might even be a shooting guard who who played some small forward on on the uh, on the Heat because they play particularly small. But like he can guard. He can guard. I will say that my opinion of what Max Drews can bring on the defensive end changed dramatically during these playoffs. Really can shoot it. Shoots off movement. Um, quick release. Comes off screens. Can shoot off pull ups. Um, doesn't have a bunch of other stuff on offense, but is 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 enough of a danger on offense as a shooter to sort of leverage that to to attack closeouts and stuff. He'll be fine. It's not ideal, but he'll be fine. Then the last guy on my list is probably uh, th- those three: Prince, Craig, Struess are my next tier, and then below that's Troy Brown Jr. Um, I've kind of always thought Troy Brown Jr. was is better than his production has been. Like when he was with the Wizards, I was like, this dude's good, and then um, he d- it just didn't work there. It might be this like the way the Wizards are, but didn't work. And then, um, with the Lakers last year, I thought he was functional. And then he just like, didn't play very much when they got into high leverage games, played a little bit, but just like, wasn't an option for a team that needed some wing help. He's skinny. He's like not a three or not a four rather. He's mostly a three. Um, but I, I think he can handle a little bit. I think he's not a terrible shooter. I think he has, can defend a little bit. Um, you wouldn't want to give him the full mid-level. Like, that's the thing about this list is like, as you get further down the list, I'm like, well, don't give him all of the money. <laughs> don't give him all of that 12 million bucks. Like, give him a portion of the mid-level. Um, but I like, Troy Brown has some stuff to his game and the Blazers just need wing size. I like him. I have, I I would be comfortable with it. That's my list. Jalen McDaniels, Kelly Oubre, Torian Prince, Tori Craig, Max Struess, Troy Brown. Let's talk a little G League stuff. That's what we'll do to close the show. Let's talk Rip City Remix, baby. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass versus point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to the Locked On Blazers. Let's talk a little Rip City Remix. The Blazers have actually had a lot of G League news that I have just straight up not covered on this podcast. And I don't feel great about that, so I want to cover it today. Uh, first, they announced a head coach, Jimmy Moran. That's Jim Moran. Probably doesn't go by Jimmy professionally. Jimmy Mo. to those that know him. He was an assistant on Terry Stotts' staff, a guy who started behind the bench and then worked his way up to being someone who sat in front of the bench. Um, on a personal level, a great dude. <laughs> Anyone who knows him, he is a great dude. I have always liked uh, Jim Moran. He's a great, he's a great guy. Uh, he worked last year for the Detroit Pistons as an assistant for on Dwayne Casey's staff. Um, and now he is transitioning to become a head coach in the G league. Um, I, I think this is, this is a good deal. It's like someone who worked in with player development stuff when he was with the Blazers, not exactly sure what his role was, was with the Pistons, but I assume it was similar, but he was like, I mean, a lot of assistant coach work is player development stuff, but Jim, Jim would be, you'd see him in the gym, um, you know, working, working and playing with players. He first got the job actually. Uh, he was first hired on the staff because he's like big. He's like six, seven, six, eight. Uh, he was, he was a, uh, he's a legend. His Jersey retired 
in uh, in in the, in the Canary Islands. He played in the Spanish league on, on for Gran Canaria, and he his jersey is retired there. Like he was a hooper and a very small you know club at a very high level in Spain, but in a small club. And part of the reason the Blazers initially hired Jimmy Mo is because he was big and he could like he could. Uh, play on the practice court with their like with cliff alexander specifically is what i remember is like hey we need someone who like isn't on the team who can like bang in the post like take contact on off days with guys who aren't playing and moran fit that and then he worked his way up from being like a guy who fit the sort of like workout role to being someone who's like a head coach well respected moved up to the front of the bench moved up to the front of the bench with another organization is now back in the g league happy for jim moran big 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 time hire G League team also has a name, y'all. It's got a name. Rip City Remix. Rip City Remix. Um, I will say, my first impression was that the branding looks great. It is a taking the pinwheel, the Blazers pinwheel, and um, sort of reconfiguring it so it looks like a turntable, looks like a record with a basketball in the middle. The branding is awesome. It looks it looks fantastic. But I didn't like the name. <laughs> I don't like Remix. And I told a friend this as Basketball Gabe, who is uh, famous from the Rip City Report lore, and also uh, someone I play basketball with. Uh, but uh, I asked, like, well, what do you call someone who plays on the Remix? Because I think that's my problem with these singular nouns. It's like, what do you call someone who plays for the jazz? Well, the people who write about the jazz call them jazz men, and I hate that. That stinks. Um, what do you call people who play for the magic? I prefer to call them magicians, but no one calls them magicians. Like, what do you do with what do you do with those singular nouns? I don't love it. So I don't love remix. My first thought here is re- I don't love remix, but I'm also like at the age where I realize like branding is not for me. <laughs> like when when the Blazers release a new jersey, I'm like, oh, I don't like that, and it's like no. <laughs> Of course you don't like that. Like, it's not for you, old man. I'm not old by any means, but it's like I've aged out of the the, the target audience for this stuff. So it's like when I'm like, I don't, you don't, you know, you don't like, I don't like remix, but I asked basketball games. So what do you call someone who plays remix? He says, you call them a mixer. They're the mixers. I like mixers. I'm all in. I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. If you, Rip City Remix, the mixers. I love it. Um, and shout out to Basketball Gabe, TM, TM, TM for Basketball Gabe. He gets credit for that one. Uh, so it's, um, I don't know. Basketball Gabe has a friend who listens in Melbourne. Shout out to you, Gabe's friend in Melbourne. Uh, and shout out to all my Australian listeners as well. Uh, the mixers. So I think I think the team's going to be fun. I like, I, you know, legitimately a fan of the coach. They're going to play at the University of Portland, the Child Center. I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Uh, and I think you'll get a chance to see folks like Keon Johnson and Ryan Rupert and some other players uh, who, you know, maybe the two-way guys, Abu Baji, play for the, for the remix. It's close enough that you can send guys down like in between games, guys who aren't playing. So if the Blazers play Wednesday and Friday and the and the remix have a Thursday game, you can go see teams, you can go see guys play for the mixers on, on that Thursday and it's like in town. It's like selfishly very close to my home. Uh, without doxing myself any further, I can get there quickly. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to watch some games. I, it's going to be cheap. Uh, even like to go to G League playoff games, you're talking under 30 bucks. So regular season games are probably like in the, in the 20 range. Take your kids, have fun. Uh, I will see you there. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we might see each other there. No promises. But if you do see me, say hello. Uh, shout you out on the podcast. 
at a remix game. If you see me out there buying blueberries at the uh, at the farmers market, we can just do a head nod. Just do a, just do a classic head nod. Okay, tomorrow's show. I mentioned we're gonna talk trades tomorrow, and I'm going to ask for something that I'm going to regret. Send me your fake trades. Send me your fake Amphrey Simons trades. I will read. I already have one bookmarked, but I will I will do three of them on the show tomorrow. And in one of the segments, we'll do fake Amphrey Simons trades. We'll talk bargain free agents that the Blazers can target and we'll get you caught up on the latest news. That's what we do here. It's a fun show. It's a fun show. I like doing it. I hope you like listening to it. And if you do do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, you were listening to Thursday's show. Tomorrow's show will be the lead-in to free agency. We'll get all the news. We'll figure out what happens with, with Kevin Knox, all the news heading into free agency. And then I will have a sixth show. I will have a sixth show coming out after on Friday evening, probably in your feeds Friday evening, or depending on how late stuff goes. Usually it ends at about 9 p.m., but uh, our t- West Coast time. So like late Friday, depending on where you live. But um Look for that one. That'll be a sixth show. And this week, a special seventh show that's a little bonus episode I've already recorded, a shorter one. Um, so literally every day this week. That'll be that'll come out Saturday. Uh, we'll run it back Sunday with more shows. We do this every day. It's the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. I keep them coming. We're going to keep them coming through free agency. So for real, tell your friends about the show. If you enjoy this, like if you listen to this far, you're like a half hour into this, Tell your friends. Tell one person that you are friendly with as a Blazers fan to listen to Lockdown Blazers. That's how people hear about podcasts. We used to say rate, review, and all that. And I think that's important. If you like the show, go rate and review it, however you listen to it. But like the actual way that you, dear listener, can help me, the person speaking into this microphone right now, is by telling a friend. Word of mouth is how these things grow. So do me a favor, go tell a friend about the show and then come back for tomorrow's show. Send me your fake ant trades, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. I didn't even say the email address. That's how much I'm I'm scared of this. Lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Send me your fake Amphrey Simons trades. I will read the best ones, the most realistic and the best ones on the show tomorrow. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.